0: hello everybody and welcome back to my podcast um i hope it wasn't too long in between episodes uh hopefully you guys well, not a lot of you listen but hopefully it wasn't too long for the few people who i care about very much that listen um so we did the central african republic crisis last episode i believe One second, let me check my analytics yeah we did so um I decided that uh, today I was going to do something about law, so this is more going to be Canadian law, so yeah it'll be a bit rough for the people that don't live in Canada, but hopefully it's interesting. And then I have gotten back into climate change episodes, so that's like earth issues, like the the deforestation of trees and forests, and ice melting, greenhouse gases, all that jazz. Um, Those ones seem to be some of the best. I know that the Ivory Issue one I did, I really liked that name. I thought I was very smart for making that, but (laughs) maybe not. Um, But yeah, that one got a lot of views, and that was one of my favorites. Definitely, I liked doing that one. I watched a nice documentary on Netflix about it. It's actually... It's not called the Ivory issue. It's called the Ivory Game. It's on Netflix. It might be on others too. Um, I also the coral bleaching one, that one was fun. That was my very first, actually. Yeah, I think that was my very first. Um, that one was good. So yeah, so soon we're just gonna be getting back into like I'll maybe do an episode or two on climate change. Um, yeah, but now we're going to do something on law. We're going to get into competing rights specifically in the Canadian Charter of Freedom's. Uh, sorry, freedom and rights. So yeah, let's jump right into it. Hello everybody. Um, So yeah, like I said before, we're going to be getting into competing rights. Uh, So let's get right into it. This is an article I wrote. Well, of course, it's not published, but it's a paper I wrote on the competing rights. So it's not, it's going to be a a little bit different than other episodes. I'm just going to read my paper and then do the outro. So, competing rights and how we should address them. Let's start with a simple question. What are competing rights slash freedoms? Well, competing rights are when two parties in a law case argue that the other party is violating their human rights that are given to them by the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. This differs from when only one party is arguing a breach of rights. It is more complicated when there is a case involving competing rights for a few reasons. One, How is it decided who is right? And two, how do we ensure nobody's rights are violated? These two questions are what I set out to find the answer to. These questions are coming up more and more as the world starts to understand human rights and how they apply to us as individuals and groups. In fact, often in the last few decades, I have been finding that more and more groups are coming out fighting for their rights. And even more surprising was it... Sorry... And even more surprising was it when I discovered that students across my own country, Canada, were standing up and fighting for their rights in school, in clubs, gender equality, all that kind of fun stuff. So this is going to be my opinion piece. It's, I wouldn't say necessarily fully opinionated, but it definitely has a bit of opinion in it. I like to back my theories up with, Evidence, so there is going to be evidence. Okay. When we think of our human rights in any... Oh my god, I have so many mess-ups in this paper, I'm so sorry. When we think of our human rights in Canada, we often think about the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, but even more, the five freedoms granted in Section 2, such as the Freedom of Expression or the Freedom of Religion. That is going to come up a lot in this paper. It is a very controversial thing in our country, in present day and in past to understand how cases that have competing rights or freedoms like the ones mentioned before... I'm so sorry. I didn't mention them, did I? Wow, okay. Yeah, I'm kind of dumb, sorry. To use, so I'm gonna use Supreme Court cases from the Canadian Supreme Court to show competing rights issues. And these are all going to show how rights and freedoms are demonstrated in the Canadian court system. So, I'm gonna bring up a few cases. I think I have all of them written down here. yep I'm gonna bring up Trinity Western University versus the Law Society of British Columbia. I'm gonna bring up the Katunaxa Nation versus British Columbia Forestry Ministry. Um, that was an Aboriginal v. the Forestry Ministry. The Katunaxa Nation was a, well I guess it still is, an Aboriginal Um, nation. We're going to bring up Ross v. New Brunswick, school district number 15. That one is especially, that one's very controversial. It's about freedom of expression, freedom of religion. It's actually a really good one to learn. It's a good learning experience. All these cases hold good examples of either how the breach of rights freedoms, cases are decided or good examples of competing rights. In Trinity Western University v. Columbia, sorry, British Columbia Law Society, Trinity Western University wanted to open a law school. However, they wanted it to be secular to people who only engaged in sexual relationships within the marriage of man and woman, as spoken in their Bible, supposedly. I've never read the Bible, so I wouldn't know completely. Engraved with a married man. They claimed that this would allow them to study the law while still abiding by their religion so they wanted to grow their religion while still studying the law. This is a clear case of competing rights on TWU's, Trinity Western University's side. They argue their right to freedom of conscience and religion on the basis that if the Supreme Court voted in favor of the plaintiffs, that their right to conscience and religion would be breached. So that means that their right to religion, or freedom of religion, whatever you want to call it, in the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, would be breached by the them being forced to allow everybody into this law school as long as they met the academic standards, however, on the side of the british law, British Columbia Law Society, they argued that by denying people who engage in sexual relationships outside of man and woman marriage that those people would have be having their freedom of expression denied now a few problems immediately come to my come to my mind when I hearing this one is that. TWU is a private school so do they have to allow certain people into their businesses? The short answer is no. So after getting that out of the way, what is the other obvious problem? Well clearly is the fact that both parties are arguing a fundamental freedom of the citizens of Canada. Now I'd like to circle back to the answer I said saying that they didn't have to allow everybody into their business. That is not my opinion. I believe that Everybody should be allowed to use the services of businesses, but it is a very complicated thing because of the free market ideas, ideology, and Canadian law says no, they don't have to. But the Supreme Court can overturn this, as we'll see in this case. So what did the Supreme Court decide on this and why? Well, for this case, the Supreme Court voted in favor of the British Columbia Law Society, meaning that they gave everybody permission to go to this school as long as they met the academic standards. The reasoning was that the TWU's freedom of religion was minorly impacted by allowing people who engaged in sexual relationships outside man, of the man and woman to attend the law school. And that those people's right to expression would be infringed upon in a greater way. So, after knowing how and why the Supreme Court decided, we court decided we find that how heavily freedom or a right is impacted by another in a certain case is pretty sturdy way to decide. Um, now we're going to go to the Ross v. New Brunswick School District Number Fifteen. Um, I'm just going to add that to another another portion so that if I mess up on that one I can restart. I'll see you in the next part. Okay, let's get into Ross v. New Brunswick School District number 15. In this case, the school district had suspended a teacher, Mr. Ross, for anti-Semitic speech outside of school. I like to underline the outside of school part because that is very important to how this is judged. After a Jewish student's parents wrote a formal complaint to the school board, his teaching his um teaching license was suspended. His job was suspended. Um, the man was a Christian, and he had written about sectarian subjects against Jewish people outside of the school, so the Jewish family felt uncomfortable with this, seeing as he was a teacher for their Jewish student. For me, this is completely understandable. The school board's terms of suspension for the teacher were as follows. So this is clause by clause. Clause A, play, to place Ross on a leave of absence without pay for a period of 18 months. Clause B, appoint him to a non-teaching position if one became available during that period. Clause C, terminate his employment at the end of that period if in the interim he had not been offered and accepted a non-teaching position. And D, terminate his employment with the school board immediately if he published or wrote anti-Semitic materials or sold his previous publications any time during the leave of absence period or at any time during his employment in a non-teaching position. So the first problem that was brought up by the Court of Appeals before it went to the Supreme Court was whether the school district can limit the teacher's freedom of expression outside of school and whether they could revoke his job for something he said outside of school. The decision of the Court of Appeals was that terms A, B, and C were justified and could pr- proceed. However, the court decided that term D was not within the school board's jurisdiction. The second problem was that both sides could argue a breach of freedom or right to its party. Ross could have and did argue that his freedom of religion and expression were being violated, and the school district could have argued that the student's right to religion was also being violated. So, this is very, this is actually pretty big because that's Freedom of religion against freedom of religion being violated by having the teacher who is openly anti Semitic in a public classroom. If this happened, I would think the court would decide that the freedom of religion for students and their families was being infringed upon in a greater way than the rights of the teachers were due to the feeling of unsafety in the classroom with the teacher. However, this case is tough and would definitely be a hard decision for the court, seeing as all the different moving parts in it finally our third and last case katanaxa nation v british columbia forestry ministry in this case only the katanaxa people claimed that the building of a ski resort on sacred land would violate their freedom of religion so they were only arguing what they were the only ones arguing a breach of freedom and conscience however when the decision came to it their claim was denied the claim was denied because the Kutanaksa people did not own the land, and their belief in sacred figures such as Spirit Bearer, which supposedly lived on the grounds of the proposed ski resort, did not rely on that area to be, a, to be clear of humans, therefore not violating their freedom of religion. In my legal view, this, this was a fair judgment, seeing as the Kitanaxa people did not own the property, nor did they own it before. As long as something doesn't interfere with someone's right to freedom, right or freedom, in a physical or manipulative way, then it is right. In that case of competing rights, I really think that it is case by case. Oh, sorry, I'm in the conclusion. In the case of competing rights, I really think that it is case by case, and which freedom right is most affected. For this reason, it is important we have courts and tribunals to deliberate these often complex cases in conclusion. In conclusion, oh my god, I keep forgetting my periods. In conclusion, there is no set way to find out if a right is more important than another except case by case. Obviously this bugs me because I like to have definitive answers that don't allow for certain people to make decisions on the rights and freedoms of citizens of a country. But sometimes we just don't have a definitive answer and I I think I'll be able to get over that. Anyway, That was my, that's probably going to be a short episode, but that was my talk on the legal rights of the freedoms and religions competing rights. I had fun writing that. I don't know if I did a good job talking it out loud. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, Yeah, have a good day and tune in when the next podcast episode comes out.